It's shake and bake, and I help. I met her at the Burger King. We fell in the machine. Hey, where's the meat? We have the meat. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. This is Heartburn Honeys with Jason and Stephanie and food. You ate it, Ralph. Howdy, howdy, howdy. We are uh, here in my living room. It's, uh, oh, kind of stupid cold outside, but, uh, well, it's warmed up quite a bit. It's 23 oh, yeah. now. Yeah. I woke up this morning. It was one. I looked, I looked at my thermometer and I'm like, that's not a temperature. <laughs> it's been colder, but it, the poor dogs. Mm-hmm. So we are here. We have more. We, we still have a box of snacks. And uh, today, oh, we are going, we're going extreme. We have Blue Diamond Almonds Extremes. Carolina Reaper. Carolina Reaper. I like that it's uh, got all these warnings on it, and then it says smart snacking with a mm-hmm. little heart on oh, the yeah. container. They're heart healthy if you don't have a heart attack from the hot sauce. <laughs> I'm trying to be quiet with my packaging yes. opening. Um, hold on one second. Gonna get us a napkin so we're not wiping hot yes. powder all over. I'm also gonna get some more water. Because I am prepared for... I'm prepared for these to be warm. So, talk amongst yourself. Jason doesn't know it, but I'm about to hide so much lip balm in his house. So much. So how about how about them sports teams, huh? <laughs> what sports happening right now? Oh, isn't there a foot, Super Bowl happening soon? Foot, football playoffs. Hockey season. Re- regular hockey season. Regular... Um, Basketball season. Because we're recording uh, something with Mr. Rockside <laughs> on Super Bowl Sunday. Yes. Superb Owl Sunday. We didn't even know it until he said something to us about it. And we were like, it's what? What's happening now? <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. Are we ready? I'm ready. Yeah. I'm just going to take one. Okay. Ready? It wasn't super hot until I swallowed. It's it's a it's a builder. You know what's interesting about this is usually when you get a spicy something, it also has like a bit of vinegar or mm-hmm. something. This doesn't. No, this is bitter. Yeah. It's almost like a like a coffee flavor with it. Mm. I'm looking at the ingredients. Yeah, these are uh, these are throat burning. These um, would be good in something else. This claims to have white vinegar, but I don't taste vinegar. Mostly it tastes bitter to me. You know what? I'm going to try. I'm going to take two more. There's tomato powder extract, so maybe sometimes that can get bitter. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. 
see, it'd be better if they if they had more like maybe some garlic and onion powder. They do, but I I'm think not the, tasting it. The peppers, um, overpowering. Over, yeah, it. probably. I think these would be good in something like if you made a salad, like mm-hmm. a steak salad, and then put some of these in it. That would be real good. Hmm. I'm gonna take. I, they're good. I you know. They're not as bingeable for obvious no. reasons as the other ones. Oh, no. God, no. Those were good. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be finishing this can off today. I don't know. The more I eat them, the more I become accustomed to them. Mm-hmm. But I know that 12 hours from now, that will not be the case. That will be crying uh, cry- crying on the toilet. So <laughs> I'll be texting you. Whew. So, okay. My tongue is uh, a-, a little afire. And, uh, all right. You got a chaser. Yep. We have trolley sour bright reindeer poop. Uh huh. Well, that's festive and classy. Yes. This reindeer looks like he's got mumps. <laughs> <laughs> Some artwork. Do you want to take a picture of that artwork? Yeah. Um, I even decided which uh, which which art we're gonna use then. I was dealing with the reflection. I wanted to capture the mump. Yeah. Uh. All right. Thank you. So the reindeer poop look like little Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm going to try a red one. Mm. They're... The ratio of sweet to sour is off. Mm-hmm. There's not enough, so they're kind of big pieces, and there's not enough citric acid to balance out the sweetness of the gummy candy underneath. Right. They're okay, but they're not as sour as like a a worm shape would be. And these are these are essentially sour patch kids. I mean, they're not nearly as sour as sour patch kids. No, but I think they're I think they're the same company. the The packaging looks. They uh, do sour bright worms, and I think the worm shape is a better ratio. But these are, I mean, I'll still eat these. I like gummy candy mm-hmm. and I like sour. You know what's interesting about these is that the individual colors do have distinct separate flavors. Mm-hmm. That's not always true of gummy candy. Right right now my taste buds are a little um, numbed because of, uh, you know, the, the previous... Uh, the green is bad. It tastes like pine salt smells. Oh, lovely. I don't know what flavor it's supposed to be. It's probably lime. Or is it sour apple? No, it's lime. Sometimes fake lime has that cleaning <laughs> fluid taste to it. Ooh, I have a blue one here. Take one of the blue ones. I'm going to put these back in. How did blue become the color for raspberry flavoring? I think because red was the the color of cherry and uh, pink was strawberry. I think they just decided, well, blue isn't being used for anything. Let's use it for raspberry. Mm, flavor's pretty good. It doesn't taste like raspberry. Mm-mm. All right. So, um, we're gonna have to ask Kevin about that next time we play D and D. What's that? About the 
why blue became blue raspberry because oh. he mm. works for a company that does all the food flavor additives mm. so if you want to make any kind of flavored whatever he can find you mm. and point you to what you need to get for it and it's crazy like there's a, a chemical based reason for why hazelnut coffee smells like popcorn to me right and that's because a lot of the flavors use the same base ingredient i don't know it's mm. interesting we could do a whole thing on it these aren't I don't, I don't know if we're going to do anything on these, just because... Oh, uh, yeah, we are. I mean, I, I've had them all. I mean, I've had all of these. I don't think I've had the peppermint bark ones. We're looking at mm. Ghirardelli chocolate mm -hmm. squares. So, well, maybe we could do that for dessert. From bean to bar. Ooh. I often eat beans and then go to the bar. <laughs> Actually, uh, that's false. I never go to the bar. I'm old. Peel one off. I'm old and we got uh, COVID in town. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, if I was going to the bar, I wouldn't eat beans. Seems a bad idea. Yeah, that that, that is a bad idea. Um, so... We're having an interesting conversation before we started the recording, and I think, I think I'm, I think it could um, become, an, yes, an Illuminati social club, a, a topic for the Illuminati social club. I don't want to, I don't want to get too too much into it. Um, it. Has to do with a book I'm reading. If you follow me on, um, I'm sorry, I'm not being subtle, am I? <laughs> no, no, you're not. If you follow me on Goodreads, uh, you'll probably see that I'm reading it. You'll see the book that I'm reading. And it's, it's fascinating. It's a good history of um, I'll just say, you know, the lead up to the satanic panic of the 1980s like late 70s, early 80s. And I just had to come up with a, a, a slant on the topic, a, a, a way to, to discuss it. It's been a while since I put it in there. Say, am I not following you on Goodreads? I know I'm following you. But anyway, that's, that's just, you know, an idea. We've been having a, a really fun d discussion of satanic panic and and backward backward masking and music <laughs> we tried to listen to stairway to heaven backwards and i you know i can pick out some words even uh the key phrase mm -hmm. but some of the some of them were a stretch so the name of the book is based on stairway to heaven uh the supposed backward masking the name of the book is here's to my sweet satan uh and it's just it's a history book um Fun stuff. I enjoy it. Um, I might have to write about it. I'll probably write about it for either... Because I do have an Illuminati Social Club blog, which I really have to get going. Or I could do it for the Bible blog. I haven't decided yet. Do people blog stuff? I do. I know I've got one, but I no. always... Uh... Anyway, we're I think I, th I think we're good. You know, yeah. I, Maybe, maybe we'll be back with another segment. I don't know yet. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, happy snacking, everyone. Later, taters.
we've returned. Now we're eating Arby's. We have... Look, it's turned the paper translucent. Oh, I know. <laughs> we we decided to go to Arby's for, for lunch, and uh, we have um, the bacon brisket beef dip. Because it has bacon and brisket and roast beef on it. And then it comes with au jus on the side. Hmm. I'm going to go on a limb and say by brisket, they just mean the regular roast beef. And they're mm. calling it brisket. No, there's actually, um, if you look up above here. I see bacon. Oh, there's that, a tiny yeah. sliver of brisket. It's still good. Mm-hmm. But it's hilarious. So... And of course, we, I have curly fries. She has uh, crinkle cut fries. And, of course, Arby's and horsey sauce because, you know, that fries are just a delivery system for Arby's and horsey sauce. I like it on the sandwich, too. I don't prefer it on the sandwich because I, you know, I don't like... I like a complex layered sandwich. <laughs> um... No, I will every so often dip into my horsey sauce. And... Oh, they forgot one sauce, but I don't, I, I'm, I'm not a... I wouldn't use it. No, I'm not a big marinara fan on, on my mozzarella sticks. I know, it's like, mmm, delicious mozzarella sticks. Here's some cold, congealed, crappy mm. tomato sauce to dip them in. Essentially some tomato puree. If you go to a pizza place and someone gets cheesy breadsticks and then mm -hmm. dips them in marinara sauce, I'm like, that's pizza. Mm -hmm. You're eating pizza with pizza. Nothing's mm -hmm. wrong with that. But just, no. why are you paying an extra $10 for pizza on top of pizza? Yeah, I, I never... I never understood the breadsticks with pizza because it's like, you know, Basically, pizza is served on, you know, flat bread with breadstick all around it. No, I get it if you have a guest who doesn't eat tomato sauce or doesn't eat cheese. So they've right. got a food item. I get that. Mm. But yeah, I would rather just eat another piece of pizza. And I know somebody out there is thinking, you know, you know, they're going to, they might want to come back with, well, what about, um, what about breadsticks with spaghetti or, you know, some other pasta dish? To lap up the sauce. That is sop. Yeah. So, Olive Garden, right now, recently, the last few years, everything in their menu is loaded with cheese, so it's mm. not a place I eat very often. Also, I think they're mega. Who's that? Olive Garden. Oh, yeah. But I used to like getting mm. their breadstick salad and soup lunch. Mm-hmm. Because they get that big bowl of salad that's got a lot of olives and stuff in it. And their breadstick's unlimited, and their soup's mm. really good.
And then you dip the breadstick in the soup and you look at the salad dressing. Mm-hmm. I do love bread. I remember there was like a whole decade when people were like, oh, bread is terrible if you don't eat bread. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, the, the Atkins craze. and Oh, by all means, there are people who cannot and should not eat a lot of bread. Mm -hmm. Not disputing that, but it's not, it's not the devil and it's, it's not all of us. No. at the Olive Garden, they like had a little celebration when people were like, oh, we can eat bread again. <laughs> bread is fine. I don't know why we were thinking we couldn't eat bread. <laughs> mm, or maybe not. Because <laughs> aren't the breadsticks bottomless and free? Mm-hmm. Mm. Maybe you can get maybe you can get unlimited cauliflower breadsticks. <laughs> Almond flour. <laughs> I just love, I, I, I love the memes of the, you know, re replace this with cauliflower and, you know, live a, live a depressed and empty life. <laughs> sometimes it's really good and sometimes it's terrible and there's no way to know for sure what it's going to be until you're in it. Mm-hmm. Everything is now cauliflower. <laughs> Welcome to the future. I like cauliflower, but if you just give me a bag of that steamed frozen stuff, mm -hmm. that ain't it. Uh. Like microwaved soggy cabbage basically is what that is. But remember at Yard House, we had, um, you and me and Emily had those, they were like buffalo wings but made with cauliflower. Mm-hmm. Those were delicious. I can hear Oliver cringe from here. <laughs> they weren't wings. You know, they were, mm -hmm. it was buffalo cauliflower, but if you mm -hmm. like vegetables, which I do, it was very good. Mm-hmm. That vegan lasagna we had at Skip and Molly's wedding, too. That was cauliflower-based, and it mm -hmm. was delicious. Everything is now cauliflower. Except for the last two years when everything is cake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what happened to that trend? Or everything is sourdough bread. Do you remember those videos, though, when someone would cut oh, into, yeah. like, a Coke can and it would be cake? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. I can't even bake a cake that looks like a cake, as you've seen. Yes. Terrible you, you, baker. And, and you absolutely can't make one that looks like a lamb. Oh, my God. All my lamb cakes end up looking sacrilegious, <laughs> whether or not I'm trying. Ah. Uh. Not a baker. 
Me neither. Um, yeah, those videos were everywhere. It was like mm -hmm. caught into a watermelon. Surprise, it's a cake. Those videos came out and then the pandemic started. Okay, if I get hit by a bus at my funeral. You want? A cake, a life-sized cake that looks exactly like me, and then you cut into it and it's cake, and people have to eat it or they're not honoring my memory. <laughs> they have to eat the cake or I will not rest in my eternal grave. You need, this, like, these are my final wishes, Jason. Not to be taken lightly. If you don't eat the Stephanie cake, you will be haunted by her for the rest of your life. I've also given very explicit instructions to Molly and Skipper, very mm -hmm. different from those. So I cannot wait to look down from above, or possibly up from below, laughing at all y'all as you try to enact my last wishes with completely different sets of instructions, all of them wacky. How, how many of them are contradictory? None. I think they go together in a way that will keep you distracted and annoyed to help you through your grief. <sighs> Have you done any estate planning? <laughs> no, not yet. Well, I have some ideas to share with you. <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie Clue? Long, 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 long time ago. So that is the gist of what I told Molly to do. No matter how, no matter how I shuffle off my meat bag, it's a mystery that must be solved. Turn your, turn your funeral into a murder mystery. Well, we were going to do that for our 40th birthdays, hmm. which are coming up. And then, uh, between my booster being old now and Omicron, we're not sure that a party with more than a few people is a good idea. Because she was going to either run a company or find out you can get a kit. Mm -hmm. Before COVID, we were talking about a company. During COVID, we were talking about a kit. And now we're like... Maybe we'll just have a, a very small dinner with four of us. Well, the one who got, the one who got shafted was uh, Tom Merritt. Because two years ago, he turned 50, and he was going to have this big, like, you know, 50th birthday party. It was going to be all, like, retro, like, 1970s and 80s uh, tech and stuff. It was going to be themed and then the pandemic happened. Well, that's the thing. Neither Molly nor I has ever, like, had a, a big birthday party as an adult. Mm-hmm. So we were like, 40, that'll be the year. So we'll, we'll still do a thing because it's a, it's a big one, but... Right. I might have been hungry. Mm. 
So you're, you and Molly are turning 40. We're going to be obnoxious as hell. I'm just warning you now. And we have been dating now for five years. Cradle robber. <clears throat> Maybe when I was 18 and you were 10, but... <laughs> it is funny sometimes, like, we'll forget, and you'll sort of tease me about not remembering something or not getting something, and I'll find <clears throat> out that very helpfully that I was three at the time. <laughs> and then you get real red in the face. Look, I got the lucky curly fry in my I didn't. I didn't get a lucky uh, crinkle fry in mine. Oh, here we go. Oh, thank you. Eh, oh, surprise. look, I've got multiple lucky curly wow. fries. You don't taste the difference? Yeah, I mean, they're fries. I mean... Oh, yeah, once I think you were teasing me about not voting in an election, and I pointed out that I was, like, in middle school. I don't remember what election it was. Yeah, I, I, I have no idea. My first election was 92. That was my first presidential election. I voted for Bill Clinton. I remember learning about the election. Over, um, that, that was the, that was the year of the famous three-way ticket, because that was, uh, Clinton versus George H.W. Bush versus Ross Perot. I remember Ross Perot, because even as a 10-year-old, I was like, this guy seems real crazy. Oh, he was. Like, didn't he claim he was attacked by a rabbit? I can't remember, but he, what, what you realized about him after, and, and yes, let, let's get into politics. After reading, after, after like reading about him and hearing about him, you realize his solution for everything, like all the problems that this country faced, his solution for all of them was to form a committee. I was like, okay, <laughs> so you really have no ideas. You want everybody else to come up with your ideas. Well, I'm going to take the other side of that and say, as someone who has grown up watching these cults of personality people <laughs> sling their crazy, uneducated, unthought-through ideas around and make you turning them into legislation, the idea of someone sitting down with experts and coming up with a variety of solutions from diverse perspectives, I like that. The thing was, he wasn't going to do that until after he was elected. He didn't, he wasn't sitting down with experts, like, during the campaign, you know, to come up with tangible ideas that he could present to people. No, he was just going to form a committee. And then can we talk about his vice president? Who was his running mate? The guy's name was Admiral Stockdale. Admiral John Stockdale. My I mind goes think, straight to Admiral Boom from Mary Poppins. I think Stockdale died on stage during the vice presidential debate. Um, I mean, he was... Oh, you don't mean for real. No, no not for real. But I mean, I he made it through the... He, he made it many years past, but I think, you know, he was just an animated corpse during the... You know, during the end of the campaign, because it was like, 
Wow. I, that was the end of him right there. Uh, that that was the that was the end of Perot right there when he chose Stockdale as his as his vice president because it was like no one's ever gonna elect him not with not with Stockdale. Um, I don't know. Maybe he got real hot and horny thinking about breaking a tie vote in the Senate. Maybe that was what it took. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to kink shame. Let's see. There was, uh, yeah, ooh, that would be a, that would be an episode of Illuminati Social Club going back to like some of the old, some of the old elections. And yeah, Ross Perot was not, he, he was basically like a prototype of, and I want to say this the right way because I don't mean it ideologically speaking, but he was kind of a prototype Bernie, like, you know, that, that attracted a group of people to him rather than, um, like, like a Jim Jones or like a Bernie or a Trump. You know, that same type of... personality? Of, yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to say it, because I don't want people coming back on me like, you know, oh, you know, don't don't compare Perot to Bernie. I'm not, I'm not comparing him... All three him, listeners. I'm not comparing him ideologically. I mean, they were kind of polar opposites. Yeah, I just remember as a kid thinking he seemed more like a wacky character you'd see on a TV show. He was! He, he, he pretty much voice. was. He used to, I mean, he would buy, he, he was a billionaire. So what he would do is just buy airtime on TV and present um, ideas, I guess. They weren't really, like, he wasn't really, he wasn't presenting real solutions or anything. I'm loving this, though. Like, I think <laughs> if I had been a little older, I would have seen him as a kindred spirit. He sounds fun. Uh, I think that I think the most genius part of it though was um, the fact that on Saturday Night Live, Dana Carvey mm-hmm. played George H. W. Bush, but he also played H. Ross Perot, and he had to play both of them at the same time. So he did one. He did Perot on tape delay, and did um, Bush live. And actually just, you know, <laughs> well, well, I'm over here on the tape. <laughs> his, yeah, his, uh, his Phil impressions Hart- are fantastic. And Phil Hartman was uh, Clinton. So. There's a little history for you folks. See, don't, don't say you don't learn anything from Heartburn Honeys. I watched so much Dana Carvey as Ross Perot. Hmm? And sometimes when I picture Ross Perot in my head, I'm picturing Dana Carvey. And that's the thing, you know, it's like, okay, and yeah, I know we're going long here, and this is going to be a long episode. Um, I heard this, uh, somebody had brought this up like many years ago, but most people who think 
they know what Elvis sounded like, have no idea what Elvis sounded like, because they only know of him through character and, uh, you know, the imitators rather than the, you know, like actual audio footage when he talked. So, you know, everyone thinks he sounds like, oh, yeah, you know, that, that. I don't think people really think that, though, do they? I mean, I think people understand that that's <laughs> caricature. But people, you know, th their, their impression of Elvis was through impersonator rather than through, like, who he really was. And I think the same goes, I, I, I honestly think the same goes a lot for, like, George H.W. Bush now is that, you know, most people will look back at the imitators and the, the impersonators rather than, you know, actually watching the real footage. Dave Barry has said that he met George W. in person, and he said, he's notoriously kind of neutral, but he said he comes off as a lot smarter in person <laughs> than he does on camera. But when I think of him, and it's odd to think there are definitely ways when I think back of him, like with longing, mm -hmm. but also warmongering, I cannot abide. So, right. you know, but when I think of him, I think of that <laughs> video I recently rewatched because the anniversary came up when the journalist threw the shoe at him. Oh yeah. And what I loved about that video was one, a grown man had a temper tantrum and threw a shoe mm -hmm. at a U.S. president. Hilarious. But two, the look on George W.'s face when it happened, it was like surprise and delight. Like he looked as amused as I was watching this, mm -hmm. watching this person hurl his shoe and his reflexes oh, were yeah. incredible. Mm -hmm. And he did it not once, but twice. <laughs> I like, I respected his reflexes and also his reaction to the shoe throwing, which is okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> watching it is the funniest thing that's ever happened to me. So, I'm not, I, I don't remember if, why the guy threw the shoe at him. I'm sure it was justified. He was a, well, he was an Iraqi reporter, and this was right around. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. This was around the Human second Human rights Gulf crimes War. had been committed upon his country. Yes. yes. More than a shoe, I think, would have mm -hmm. been fine, but. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, oh, the good times. I think even G-Dubs knew that he was getting off light with the shoe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because nothing happened to that guy, did it? Like, isn't he out living his best life even today? I think so. Um, I'm not sure. I don't, I can't remember who did it. I mean, but... if someone busted into the U.S. looking for WMDs, mm. you don't think G-Dubs would have thrown his shoe at them? G-Dubs would have thrown the entire 1st Regiment at exactly. him. Exactly. So I watched that video and I laughed nowadays. Or Dick, Dick Cheney would have. Remember when he just shot a guy in the face? Oh, yeah. The guy was fine, though, right? Wasn't it just, like, bird shot? Something. I can't. I. It, it was a hunting accident. It was, like, a scatter shot thing, though. But the guy mm -hmm. was fine. Yeah. And I just remember reading that news story, and it was, like, he was on a closed range. <laughs> which isn't even sporting, right? Right. Well, it's... They, they weren't shooting the birds to eat them. It's more of a preserve than... Like... And that dumbass shot someone in the face. Uh... And oh, we put the them in times. charge of the country. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <sighs> so. Oh, the good times. Have you seen uh, the outrage happening over Boris and that garden party they threw? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Mixed I've feelings seen. about that. They were I definitely fining the pores for doing things like yeah. having lunch in parks. There was definitely uh, hypocrisy going yes, on. Yes, but I think the level of anger people are expressing is definitely more about it's, the last couple of years and not it's, just about the garden party. It's more about the fact that they hate Boris's guts. Oh, yes, and he, by all means, is responsible for a lot of the terrible things happening in England oh, right yeah. now. Oh, yeah. It's their version of throwing the shoe. I get mm-hmm. it. But to an American, it's very funny. <laughs> watching the level of outrage and people are claiming it's about the garden party but obviously oh, it's not it's, it's absolutely not about the garden party it's about everything else going on well and all those people who were like you can't put on a mask for 10 minutes and sit with your dying family member but we're gonna have drinks and snacks mm-hmm. and get Greg sausage rolls mm-hmm. I would be pissed too if I were them but <clears throat> it is also still funny as an American that that's their scandal oh yeah Absolutely. People, people, people. Oh, so. We, we've gone a bit here. Uh, yeah, this is the, uh, is this going to be the first or second clip? Because. I don't know. I don't know. It's your job. You do all the work and I just show up and chatter at you. And we, surprise. We, we recorded, we recorded a segment earlier and, uh. Yeah, you heard that first. Um, anyway, and I, I won't go into the nineteen eighty eight vice presidential debate, but you know, still one of the great, still one of those great moments where Lloyd Benson, after after Dan Quayle compared himself to John F. Kennedy, Lloyd Lloyd Benson. Wait, what? <laughs> you've never heard the the, you've never seen that scene. Why would I have? Well, I'm, you haven't seen it in, like, retrospect or anything? Uh-uh. Oh. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to let you go. I'm going to show her that video. Uh, <laughs> I, have, I have questions. So. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, happy snacking, everyone. Later, Pam.